You're hungry. I know hypoglycemic induced hostility when I see it. Just thinking. A what? You want to know what I was thinking? About eating? I was thinking about Wakanda. Was that a camp in Wisconsin? Seeing Abdul Habaz's picture reminded me of Mo and Jada, time I spent in Chad and Sudan. Started thinking about Wakanda. Where is Wakanda? It's nowhere. It's a fictional African country. The most technically advanced society in the Marvel Universe. And the richest. Hold on a second. In a comic book? You just geeked out on me in a real moment? Hey, man, when I was a kid, comic books were the only thing that made sense. It was simple. Good guys versus bad guys. For me, it was all about Chala, the Black Panther. Of course. Not just because he was a brother who was richer than Tony Stark. Chala was a leader. He was a president. He was a superhero. All at the same time. It was all about justice. When I left Brooklyn, the only thing I wanted to see was the motherland. And, and to witness that world up close. And instead of finding Wakanda, I found poverty, starvation, child soldiers, death squads. Walt's bread and butter. I thought I could save more. I really thought I could help Jada. I whole motherland thing's overrated. Traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. Once again, folks, we're black and live and direct. This is the Midweek in Review. Midweek in Review. I got to get this right. The Midweek in Review edition of AfroNerd featuring Captain Kirk and, of course, the uncanny Daryl B. There's a lot to discuss, as always. The call-in number remains the same, as always. 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. 9620. You know, I was listening to that clip, and once again, that clip is from St. Albans native James Todd Smith, DBA LL Cool J, the ladies love Cool James. And there's a couple of things about that clip that are interesting. One, it was a few years ago. 
from the uh, what is that? The NCIS Los Angeles show that he he's uh, been able to garner quite a career for himself, being a rap icon. We can say that he was a rap rock star, is a rap rock star. Then he transitioned to being an actor quite some time ago, and now you know, of course, uh, he's been able to garner a, a very comfortable career for himself. And I'm listening to that clip. First of all, I wish, just to break the fourth wall, that he would have said he was from Queens, or rather his character was from Queens, as he is from Queens, just to kind of give a wink and a nod to the audience. I know my co-discussants might feel the same way because they, they are also of Queens extraction as well. So that, that's just a little thing that kind of bothered me. He was having a conversation with a former a former uh, <laughs> superhero character himself, Chris O'Donnell, played Robin in those um, those films with George Clooney. So, um, you know, it's kind of funny that he was ribbing him on that. And then the third thing is, you know, at the time that that little exchange took place on a TV show, a CBS TV show, you know, who know who knew about Wakanda? Who knew about Wakanda? Of course, the, the Uncanny, myself, my, our listening audience, Captain Kirk, we knew of Wakanda. But it has a bit more resonance now. It's not so obscure, isn't it? You know, it's not obscure at all. But it's just funny that how things change. Anyway, people, there's a lot to get into. That's enough of me just kind of blubbering. Let's get to this Herbalt groove. When we come back, we have a lot to get into. We do what we do, folks. You know what time it is by now. This is Samurai Shotgun. Brand new. The Blast. The Blast. Give you some punk and a little bit of hip-hop in this. About two minutes, people. Let's groove. Slapping, got you trunk slapping in your system. If the cold orange kid, you better bring your ballistics. Push the crowd forward with no backtrack. 808 blasting, making your back snap back. Hashtag, hashtag, way get a samurai. We the inglorious bastards, always fantasize. Doing what we do best and what satisfies. Taking over the world fast, ready to stabilize. Many can't hang, so they roll over. Hurting down the burden top. You're infected, disconnected.
All right, people, let's get it in once again. Give you the best of urban alternative groove, black rock and roll, psychedelic soul, and most certainly Afropunk. And that was from the Afropunk website. Always, always check out Afropunk.com. That is Samurai Shotgun performing The Blast. The Blast. All right. Uh, let's just do this. Captain, you're needed once again on the stage of Afropunk the last week of August. Let's get to it, sir. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no... All right. <laughs> this gentleman, terrific memory, knows his stuff. I'm definitely eager to find out what he thinks about Upgrade if he did see Upgrade. I'm assuming because I think he sees everything, but I could be wrong. Um, I definitely rely on him for his comic book knowledge, and we're going to talk about – and his time is precious, so let's get it in also because I know he's going to have to leave uh, at some point. But I'm curious as to what he thinks about this Philadelphia Eagles situation with our our dear and grand president, who we all love. <clears throat> I think I just vomited in my mouth. Anyway, uh, he is the uncanny Daryl B. All right. Uh, quickly on upgrade. Upgrade had was okay to me, but it had all the failings of Universal Soldier and shoot him up. All right, but the question it raised, you know, they can't be overlooked. Okay, as far as the Philly Eagles thing goes, I don't know if you guys look at Bleacher Report, but I know I have the link up further down on my Twitter page. You need to see how Malcolm Jenkins handled the questions today, and then anybody who still asks why guys demonstrate, go ahead and ask and be ignorant. Just watch, just watch how Malcolm Jenkins handled Philly reporters today who asked them about, oh, did the White House snub you and how you felt about it. Just, just see how he responded to them. That's all we got to do. Let's start this thing. Okay. Uh, more on Upgrade. Uh, again, the YouTube channel is up and running. We've got to figure out a way to get the Uncanny's appearance on there for, for a a few things when his time is is available but uh for the duration right now we're doing these reviews our video impressions our first impressions and i just put put our latest for upgrade in the chat room definitely to the listening audience definitely uh check out our video impressions please subscribe please subscribe to the video impressions afro nerd radio just simply search afro nerd radio on YouTube, and you'll find us. Uh, subscribe, press like if you do like, or if not, you know, be, we're all about honesty. But if you do like what we do, press like. Um, we have a Patreon page. I have to remind folks that, look, 
if you want the uncanny, live and direct, if you want yours truly, if you want Captain Kirk live and direct, and to really go full throttle with what we're trying to do here, it seems that we have quite a few folks that actually dig what we do. We have our own spin on pop culture. We have our own spin on pop culture. We have our opinions on politics. But look, in order for that to go down, we are reliant on your contributions for this urban alternative media. You're going to try real hard, real hard to find a place and a space where folks of color are treated at a premium and your your culture your contribution to blurred culture and pop culture at large is highlighted when Shamik Moore, the young actor who's been making the rounds, he, he's doing the voice of Miles Morales. That's what we're going to talk about also in the show. Miles Morales makes his cinematic debut, at least um, in animation, with this Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse film coming up in December of 18. And we're going to talk about it, of course, but you know we're going to put this movie on high blast because, sure, it's a Sony production, it's a Marvel production, but you know it's part of the blurtosphere. It's content, and the content is doubling, tripling, quadrupling up now. You know we spoke about this a few years ago. Uh, the, the Uncanny and myself and, and the Captain, when we started going to the Schomburg Convention, shout out to John Ira Jennings, Professor Jennings, there was a fair share of content. Now, the cup runneth, but you're going to need someone who can curate this, you, not just me, but I'm talking about our crew, who knows how to curate this material, disseminate it, unpack and wax and put it in a certain positioning. And we see that whether it's the Nerdist and all these other Collider, and, and I mean, we can go on and on, New, uh, comic book resources, Bleeding Cool. I Look how many names I can rattle off of imprints that curate pop culture at large. How many, how many imprints of color are curating their respective take on pop culture like this. Now, we, could, we know curation of menstrual culture is big business. People, people have been curating menstrual culture since the 1830s. Let me repeat that. People have been curating menstrual culture for, since 1830-something. I'm trying to curate this particular sliver of respectful culture that shows intelligence, shows fun, shows creativity, and it just, ha- just so happens to be black. Afrofuturism, shout out to Yatasha Womack, all these people, curators of this particular sliver of the African-American experience. Jocelyn Cooper, shout out to her, Matthew Morgan partners in the Afropunk experience, all these respective creatives are curators of black culture from a different perspective. So I want 
the folks that believe in Afronaut Radio to simply contribute what they can at our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Radio. All right, that's enough, enough from me. But, you know, folks are saying, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Guess what? It takes money. It takes us. If you want us in a setting, I mean, I want us in a setting where we could be in a, in a studio and actually kick it, get our YouTube views up, and, and to show the world that this culture is for real. I'm just saying. Okay, anyway, back to Upgrade. So the captain and myself, we saw this last week. Um, we gave a snapshot of our opinion on it on our YouTube page. And I said, my, my knee-jerk reaction was, I actually liked the film. I thought the film was pretty good. And maybe uh, Daryl might agree with me that uh, it, it could have gone in a completely different dir- Well, initially it looked like it was going to be a, a textbook sci-fi horror movie. If it didn't do the twisted ending or twists in, in the end, there were several things that were going on. Uh, it wasn't a good ending. And it wasn't that happy ending. Matter of fact, for a sequel, um, it didn't have that happy ending. It went somewhere else because I thought, like, in the first 10 minutes of the movie, I thought I pretty much figured out who was the, the, the evildoer, and I was slightly wrong. So I was glad that I was slightly wrong. It was a little bit too much of a, um, of a forecasting, too, too much of a telegraphing. That I said, I said, okay, if 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 it's who I think it is, and I know this, I know the villain within the first ten or fifteen minutes, I, I'm not going to like the film. What are your thoughts about that, Daryl? The fact that the, that we did get a twist at the end, or several twists, wasn't that necessary that, to keep it from being like a complete predictable film? Yeah, it kind of saved it for me because. Uh, let's face it. I said Universal Soldier, and I said shoot 'em up, and both of them are good action movies. But they 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 had points in it where it delved too heavily into goreishness. You know, I thought that upgrade for about a period of ten to fifteen minutes. There, I'm in it. I'm in it for the tech. I'm in it for the like. Like uh, 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 a deeper discussion, like like we've had on the show with with Cap all the time, where technology starts stops and where morality should begin. I was getting ready to get into that question, and then boom! All of a sudden, we see guys' brains get blown up, or boom! We see uh, 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 a hand go through somebody, or boom! He reloads the bullets, and, and you guys brought that up on Sunday's show about him reloading the bullets, uh, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's, that's cool for visual, that's cool for the Nimrods, but the blurred in me, I wanted to get deep on this, because this opened up several questions. This was like, if what if Mantis was Punisher? That's what this was, and I was like, okay, I'm kind of geeking out on this right now, and then boom, here comes another gory scene. But you're right, the ending, the ending, the ending helped it. It's just, I had, hope started to rise up when I saw the tech in use, and then I'm like, oh my god, this is Dolph Lundgren and Universal Soldier. Oh, oh, could could this guy deliver his his lines any more better, you know? (laughs) 
That's that's what I was dealing with. That's why that's why, frankly, I couldn't give it a higher grade. But I'm hoping with, with, if this is this movie successful, they'll get the funding and stuff to go a little bit higher, so we can get more into the science and more into the ramifications on how his brain is going to cope with this, how much control the thing has. Who's actually in control? You know, these are questions that I wanted to answer, but, you know, it's a Blumhouse movie. You can't go deep, deep into it, but the blurred in me wanted that. Back to you, Afriner. Yeah, you know, something I would just, I just realized this. Like, we we knew, um, okay, there was this this twisted ending. I don't want to go so spoiler, but we saw this twisted ending, and we, we found out who was really, like, the mastermind or what was really the mastermind of the entire situation, right? But the part where um, I believe the, 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 the main character, Logan Marshall Green, that's the actor who played Gray Trace. Gray was the, 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 the gentleman that, was, uh, that got the upgrade. When, when that character started fighting with, with the last, like, the, like almost the last guy that was similar to him, where it was, it was a match for match for match, who, like, who was that? Who was that? He was actually fighting. Like, in other words, if 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 Stim, I mean, that's the, the character we're talking about. If Stim was the main the main villain, right? Who was he fighting? Like, what what was that he was fighting with those people that were also implanted? I I was thinking it was I. I see, this is where I'm going to go meta. All right. I was thinking he was fighting himself, uh, or he was fighting the program for control. He was fighting in the exterior threat, and he was fighting the interior threat at the same time. Like his subconscious felt himself losing control to the chip, you know, losing losing any sense of self during the fight. He's like, no, no, no we got to rein back. And the chip's like, oh, you're going to fight me now too at the same time. Okay, that's Again, that's where me if I was writing it. That like I that would be totally uh uh what's the character a deflock situation. You have your programming, but the, the humanity in you is fighting against the programming as you're on the mission. That that's where I said mantis before. You know what deflock is closer to it. Deflock right there. Like you, you here's all these guys and gals that are exterior threats to you, but inside you feel that the deeper threat is the chip implanted in you, and you know you need it to fight them, but you can't let it take over. So you're you're holding a fight outside and within, and to me that's cool. I I, I could I, I, for similar reasons why I like uh. Um, the, the latest edition of, of Hulk slash She-Hulk with uh, Mariko Tamaki, where she did a lot of soul searching on on um, on on uh, Jennifer Jennifer Walters about uh, where where does she be where does she end and the monster begin? You know, we get that all the time with Hulk. You know, where does where does TB, where does Banner begin? Where does the monster begin? Who actually has control? Upgrade, they could have did more with that. 
it, it, to me, it was, it's a, a, a valuable opportunity that they had there where they could have explored that a little bit more. But, again, I can't say I didn't have a little bit of fun watching it, you know, because, again, my, my imagination was peaked and, 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 and my, my adrenaline was peaked. It was just uh, in, in true blurred style. I got greedy. I wanted more. I wanted more, and, and, and it just it, it couldn't deliver it for me. Uh, you saw this, and we, you know, we did speak about it, but this time we, we can get a little bit more with the spoilers. I mean, you know, respectfully, without giving away so much. What, what, what else would you like to add about the film? Um, you know, uh, look, I'll just say this quickly before I pass the mic: is that I was, I'm still kind of reeling over the cost. I mean, I knew that Blumhouse Productions that they come in with these kind of films that are somewhat high concept, but they're budgeted extremely low, and I thought that it was extremely good looking for what they say to be a three to five million dollar movie. I mean, if you if you believe what Wiki says, you know, they gave the range of three to five million. Well, that's what it still says, yeah, three three to five million. For what it looks like, I was like, you know, but it it was very slick looking. It was very slick, and I guess they were very shrewd as as I said before as to the locations. It was it was bedroom hospital. It was uh, a, a police precinct. I mean, there's certain things that you know, it was neighborhood, but it, it looked pretty cool. But I, what I wanted to say, I just don't want to lose my train of thought, is, uh, yeah, there was some computerization going on, uh, CGI, right? But I thought they might have had a little bit of Sam Winston in there, too. Like, when, when it came down to the graphic violence and how this guy got down, and, you know, just that whole thing. Think about Sam Winston when it came down to the thing in, in 1981 or wherever it came out, the, the first one, uh, the second one, probably the second, the second thing with Kurt Russell and Keith David. Um, it's still horrifying, and that was pre-CGI. That was all Sam Winston. I thought I, I, thought I caught a little whiff of old-school animatronics, old-school um, you know, makeup and that kind of thing. What were your thoughts about that? I mean, whatever you would well, I didn't have any about. thoughts about that. I, I didn't have any thoughts about it. That's actually your thoughts. I, don't, I didn't have any thoughts about that. But I will answer Daryl B's question. You see, it's harder to go further with the story because you don't have the money. You understand? You're, there's always going to be a compromise. Either you compromise on the look or you're going to compromise on the story and the actors. That's what, you know, if they had another $5 million, they could have did more, a lot more with it, you see, to answer that question. That's what you always got to keep in mind when you're looking at this stuff. You know, you, you got to give people a break when, they didn't, when you know you didn't spend, spend the money. You know, you say, okay, you guys really didn't have the money, so I can't really tear you a new asshole for doing this or doing that. I understand what that is. It's not like they gave them $100 million. If they gave you $100 million and they gave you this movie, you have a lot to say, lot to say, on the negative side. But being that the fact we know Blumhouse and the whole situation, they don't spend a lot of money. So it turns out, I pretty much felt knowing that it's all right. A lot of the movie was predictable, as I said before. Except we all in these movies, you always know the computer's in charge. You always know that. This is, that's the same trope. For me, the part where I didn't see it coming was. There was a, a scene there where you see the guy wake back up in the hospital bed. That part I didn't see coming. If you watch any of these Android computer chip movies, they're always the bad guy. That's that's a regular trope. 
That's a regular thing. Afronaut had asked Daryl a good question pertaining to who he was fighting. You know, that was a great question in respect, respect to that. You know, who the lead actor, when he got his upgrade, who he was fighting. You know, I thought, more or less, it was an offshoot program that had a better link with the man's body. He had it in there longer. So, actually, he could fight a bit better. That's just all I thought. I, I didn't go so deep with it or anything like that. But that's just what I thought it was. But the reason why I thought that, because I've seen that before. That could be totally wrong. Only the guys that upgrade would know. I like where Darren went with it. He expounded on it a lot. I, I thought about it a lot more simply because I've seen that in a lot of these type of movies. There's plenty of them on Netflix. You know, so that's more or less what I thought. But overall, I thought, I thought it was just, you know, okay movie. It was okay. There's nothing to say bad about this. It'd be interesting if they break they break they mold a bit, you know, <clears throat> break they mold a little bit and go up on the money scale and see what they really could do. They might have something here. Get more intricate with the story. A little more effects. You don't need that much effects. Just a little bit more because everyone knows you're spending money. And that's about it. That's about it. It works. Their formula works at that level. But you know Hollywood's greedy, man. They like things come out. Yeah, we made four hundred million dollars. <laughs> Back over to you, Alfred. All right, look, you know how the show goes, folks. This is the midweek review edition of Afrinerd featuring Captain Kirk and, of course, the uncanny Daryl B. Um, it's not as it's a mixture of pop culture and current events. So I want to get into a couple of things. Then we're going to go back because uh, upon request, I believe. Q Storm wanted us to address Michael Brian Michael Bendis's uh, take on the Man of Steel. You know, uh, John Byrne, where everyone has had their arcs, well-known arcs. Um, uh, Perez, we know George Perez, we know from Teen Titans, and uh, in this case, we know as far as Superman mythology goes, that one of the more famous arcs was John Byrne. John Byrne really modernized uh, Kal-El. So this is Brian Michael Bendis's turn to do this. And mind you, he was a Marvel guy who is now a DC guy. So there's a couple of things going on as to the importance of his, of his Superman and also some of, the, some of the things that are being alleged with where, they may, where he may take the character. So I did pick up number one. So we're going to talk about that in a few moments. And again, we know that the uncanny time is um, precious. So quickly, going into a real quick current event thing, just out of curiosity, I want to chop it up. It's it's interesting. I I kind of foresaw this coming with these beauty pageants. I just thought that we're in the, the midst of the Me Too maelstrom. And I thought, well, again, for someone who is always talking about this is this me being you know self self um, effacing. I'm always talking about my uh, you know reptilian ways, which is no lie. I'm a man. I will talk about it, um, but I have to do self correction here and there because those are the times that we're living in, as best as I can. But even even with being a person who has read comic books for so many years. And, and having, quote-unquote, you know, the male uh, eyes or whatever, you know, looking, looking at things through a, through a man's lens when it comes to women. Uh, and comic books were no different. 
the acronym GGA, Good Girl Art, is, is the, the female form is rife. The programming is deep with men and comic books. And young boys read these, these, bo- these books that, you know, it just so happened to have well-built, vol- voluptuous women. The majority of the 40s, the 1940s, when Wonder Woman was introduced and how she was always in bondage. You know, I mean, and, and, and you know, breasts were out and, and, I mean, the whole thing. And, and so many femme fatales in, in comic books. This is just one medium. Okay, so what am I getting at? Even with how uh, I was programmed, we've all been programmed as men. Even beyond that, I still thought that years ago that they really need to do something about this Miss America thing. That if you're talking about just women, women emerging, women's power, this is, this is aside from me too. I said, well, how long are we going to judge women on their physical appearance in that kind of way? It's one thing to, quote, unquote, judge physical appearance when it comes down to the dating game. That's more visceral, more natural. That's, that's almost unavoidable, although they might be trying to change that too. But to have a contest based on what women look like, judging them that way, how long is that going to go down? So we, we're hearing that Miss America, the Miss America pageant, that they will no longer have the swimsuit contest, the swimsuit portion. And, and I think they're going to go even further and say, essentially, they're not going to be judged by their physical prowess. So uh, let's chop that up. I'm going to play this clip from The View. And um, we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll get it in. Hold on. This is the view discussing the, the changes in Miss America. Hold on. You know, this year's Miss America competition is ditching the swimsuit portion as well as the evening wear competition. They say they don't want to ju- judge basing, you know, stuff on physical appearance. And instead, they're focusing on passion and intelligence. Hmm. Now, I know Joy has been bitching about this for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah. so are you very happy? Well, yeah, I mean, I, when I was a judge, Miss America's mm-hmm. judge, I said to them, they interviewed me, and I said, why do we need this bathing suit competition? Mm-hmm. What, do you sort of take women less seriously when they wear Can you imagine Angela Merkel, the talking policy in a one-piece? I mean, it sort of diminishes your uh, the yes. seriousness of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that visual is never <laughs> <laughs> So I, I did say that in those yeah. days, and I guess that somebody's taken it seriously. I think it's a good thing. Gretchen It'll Paulson, be interesting right? to see yeah. what the pageant looks like, though because you think yes. of it in those segments and with the evening gown the bathing suit you still have talent and then um the, the interview the, the interview. questions but it'll be interesting to see visually what it looks like because they've offered to let them wear anything they feel comfortable in so there is a chance for athleisure to make a huge why they're eliminating evening wear what is that same thing? Thing? i think probably it's the same it's the same, same appearance. it is a beauty contest which is why this is interesting and i've known uh, many people have competed in the Miss America pageant. My good family friend actually married a Miss South Carolina. And my problem wasn't that the bathing suit competition existed. It was the lack of body diversity. I think if you actually had, like, uh, you know, a girl that looked like Ashley Graham, mm-hmm. uh, a plus-size girl suit. in a bathing suit, yeah, it's more about, it's like, celebrating a... bodies of different yeah. kind. And to me, it was all I one body don't type. Don't you think it's yeah, distracting, well, though? You know, it takes is, away from what you're speaking because you're looking at her, what, you know, how this is and how this is. And does she have cellulite well, and are her legs long? The ratings legs are short? down. And 
and I don't think it's not that it's not because again there's an argument to be made that they're it's are it's outdated but I have known so many beauty queens that are smart and interesting Gretchen Carlson's a Rhodes scholar yeah. you know and yeah. I think that it's 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 okay and I've seen because I've, in politics Miss America or Miss South Carolina or whatever mm -hmm. come out on the road little girls there's still little girls get very excited to meet them so I mean, I guess they're just evolving with time, but they're I changing know. it. They're saying it's not a pageant anymore; it's a competition. I, I yeah. always thought that these pageants—I I don't know what message it sends to young girls. Yeah, um, well, they, they have to be, to be judged be, by their look. Well, it used to be like anyone that. could be Miss America. Yeah, that was the thought process. Yeah, and so Where you know you when you're doing well, I think the the idea of a beauty pageant mm -hmm. has had to evolve yeah. because we don't judge each other anymore on our beauty. Yeah, so I think they had to find a different way to do it. I see what you're doing. I know what that means. You're judging me not on my beauty, <laughs> but whether or not I can go to break <laughs> with <laughs> elegance. <laughs> so. Oh, no. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right. You get it. Um, I'm going to go to the captain, and then I'm going to go to the uncanny, because uh, there's some background, um, background noise with, uh, with Daryl. So I have him on mute, but I'll bring him back in a few moments. Um, Cap, your, your impressions on this whole situation? Well, if it's not going to be a beauty pageant, then it's fine. It's not a beauty pageant. But a beauty pageant means beauty. All right. It's just like as if I said, let's have a science contest on physics. It's going to be on physics. Now you're going to say, well, it's not a science contest. We're pulling out the physics. You, you, have, to, if, you have to be careful with that. If I say, let's have a, a running contest, right? We're going to run 100 yards. And that's what it is. It's about who's the fastest. That's it. Who can run the 100 yards the fastest? Okay? And then you turn around and say, well, we not, it's going to be something else. But we're not judging you on speed. You see, you can't, you can't, you see, you can't play those type of games. It's a beauty contest. So we're just not going to have a beauty contest anymore. That's fine. That's not a problem. We could do that. It's something else. You understand? It's something else. But take the beauty aspect all out of it. But you have to understand something that powers with the B. Powers that B like to speak on both sides of the tongue. Oh, we're just not calling that. But we're still playing that game. Also, too. So you have several factors that you have to deal with with this. They can get rid of it for all I'm concerned. I don't watch that foolishness anyway. I, I haven't watched that, you know, since like the 80s. You know, it, it doesn't. You can get rid of the whole thing, man. Let's get rid of beauty contests altogether. But here's the other side of the equation. Some women, and they don't talk about this, man. They're, and they're, all the, the men are bitches, too, because you're scared. And that's right. That's what you are. Some women do like to be objectified. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. They do. So let's get rid of all the objectification. Let's, get, let's not objectify women at all. It's going to take some time. Let's do that over 20 years. Remember now, you get rid of some of this, some people may not like it. You understand? Some people may not like it. But let, it's a good thing. Let's get rid of it. We don't objectify any women. You understand? You've got to fill out an application in order to talk to a woman. That's it. Otherwise, you can't talk to her. Let's, just, let's play the thing straight. Let's also get rid of all the Instagram where you got your ass out, too. Let's get rid of all of that, too. Let's play it straight. Remember, I'm very much for it. Let's get rid of the beauty pageant. You understand? Let's get rid of the word altogether. Oh, she's not beautiful. Hey, how's it going? Don't you think I look nice? Hey, how's it going? Don't you think it looks nice? Hey, how's it going? I to see how I operate with a lot of these women. 
You understand? <laughs> hey, but I get but I get called an asshole for doing that. I get called an asshole all the time for doing that. Operate. You coming for the hug? Here's a handshake. Come on. No, no. We're not going to objectify you. We're not going to objectify you. I'm for get rid of the pageants. Let's get rid of all of these pageants. Let's judge the women on their intelligence. Or if it's an athletic contest, we could do that a little bit. Let's get rid of the whole beauty aspect because everybody's the same. Let's just do that. That way we don't have any problems. We won't have any problems if we do that. But we will see. We will see how many people actually like it. Let's not objectify them at all. I can play that game. Africa would see me in action. <laughs> Let's play it. Let's play it. Back over to you, Afro Nerd. Uh, you know what? I forgot this young lady's name, Captain, of, of Dominican descent. Um, she worked with our other friend who is of Dominican extraction, who's part of the inner sanctum. Uh, definitely check out Hispanic. Hispanic. My invention, by the way, that, that terminology. But I, I you know, <laughs> I gave her the name to use for her own IP. I asked for nothing. For my genius, anyway, Hispanic. Uh, who who was the the um, young lady? You mean Jenny? Work. I'm sorry. Jenny. Was it Jenny? I think she she ended up. Uh, I don't. Know, she had a child or something, and I think uh, she's very affectionate. Um. Uh, no, that wasn't Jenny. <laughs> no, that wasn't Jenny. But you know what I'm no. talking about. Yeah, I know. That's the other one. She That's was, the other one. Yes. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. And every time we, yeah, so we were very, you know, look, our audience may feel a certain way about me, but when I'm about town in some of these settings, I'm, a, I'm somewhat of a social butterfly. So uh, when she didn't see me for a while, I could be on a, a, a bike and she would come up to me and hug me and kiss me. The one that rejects that kind of stuff. The captain will, you know, he's on this thing now because these, this Me Too thing is going down. Okay? So, uh, I don't know how, how we're supposed to act, but some of this stuff, like you said, we, we're, going to have to, we're going to have to change this up. Uh, the, the captain is correct. You know, when he, 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 you sent me some of these Instagram, Instagram pages where women are, are on treadmills where their buttocks are, are just, just moving. All but. And moving, like who is that for? Who is that for? There's, there, you know, there's, there's the people, the women that are out here, and rightfully so, that are waving the flag and like, listen, you know, respect us, this, that, and the other. And those are, and then the, another, a whole segment of women who want to be objectified, cl- objectified clearly. How do we? Where's the balance in any of this stuff, or should there be any balance? Anyway, I'm gonna bring oh. in. The uncanny. They got the right to do whatever they want, but I'll take the objectification out of it. I'll do my part. Well, well, listen. They do, they do that, then business. There's a business aspect to that that no one wants to talk about. These Instagram Instagram uh, websites have hundreds of thousands of followers just oogling at women on treadmills moving up and down. No one put a gun to their head to do that. So, you know, anyway, I'm curious as to what the uncanny thinks about the Miss America changes. And what are your thoughts about this, Daryl? This is, this is a social, social shift. 
Hey, I'm, social, I, I, social I, cultural shit. I, I may be an anti-social like thing until I get a few drinks in me, but I'm I'm a pure-blooded male, so you know, hey. I enjoy watching the, 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 the swimsuit contest, but if you're going to cut it out of the of America and 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 uh, the Miss World or whatever pageants, you know, okay, and this is the stand you take. Fine, you wave the flag on that. A lot of these guys, uh, gals, and guys who are so uh, da da da. I see you looking at the Victoria's Secret show. I see you look at the the. <laughs> the freaking Sports Illustrated swimsuit things. You, a lot of you are also passing along the, the, just like Captain said, some of those Instagram, some of those uh, Patreon, some of those, uh, some of those pages, some of you are dressing in the sexy, sexy cosplay and then turn around and you can't touch. You know, what's the firm cap? Shifting goalposts, you know. You shift it when it's <laughs> you shift it when it's convenient. Listen, I, I'll be right up front and say it like this: I am a straight male, and I love looking at beautiful women. Okay, whether they be in nightgowns, whether they be in bikinis, or whether they be in other. If she's appealing to me, I'm going to look. All right, but. That doesn't mean I get to disrespect them. That doesn't mean I get to harass them. And this is where a lot of you males out there can't control yourselves, okay? The reason why that's the only thing out there is because a lot of you guys, when when images of these beautiful women in these pageants and stuff are going like that, Adam, but this, and Adam, that, that, and a lot of ladies, yo, you can't say the same thing. You do the same thing. Oh, she could stand to lose a few pounds. Oh, that color. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, you, you girls do it too. So I'm just being 100 with this. If Like like Cap said, Cap is 100% on this. If we're going to do it, you do it straight across the freaking board. And, and this is one you can't be a hypocrite on. Because once they get the ratings hit, not having the swimsuit thing, don't come back next year and go, well, we're re-adding the swimsuit competition with the twist. No, it means your ratings went down lower than the Victoria's Secret thing I spoke about, and you need to find a way to raise them back up. Go ahead, Afrener. Uh, and, you know, I, I also want to touch something else because it's kind of, a, kind of on the same, the same uh, tip. We see, we see we have some callers coming in. I'm going to bring the callers as well, but it's kind of an extension of the same gender shift. Uh, now, this one, I don't know what to think about this as well. This is also, to me, somewhat problematic, but hey, these changes are going to be made whether I agree with them or not. Now, in New York City, I don't know how this is going, how this is going down with other regions in the country, but I just so happened to check out this news report. I'm going to play a clip quickly. It's a real quick uh, a real quick one-minute clip of birth certificates where now you can, you can change the, the sex of your child, uh, you know, upon birth. Like once the, child, once the child arrives, parents can kind of intercede on that. Now you can have like an, an X designation. You know, or no gender designation, which is to me, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's pretty clear biologically what your child is, 
aside from, you know, aberrations. You know, we understand there are aberrations. But 90-something, 98% of the time, it's going to be genetically male or genetic, genetically female. Now we have to go against our eyes and come up with this option. I think that I think this is cosplay on steroids. I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> <Yo>. saying. <laughs> I gotta keep it 100. Let the child make these determinations when they are sentient. Anyway, I'm gonna play this clip. I'm gonna throw it out there to the audience. I'm going to open up these lines. But this is again. I'm I am attaching it to the Miss America pageant situation because. It's dealing with uh, socio-cultural changes, gender changes, and it's going against some of what is natural. You know, uh, I got to say this. Who are you to say what's natural, though? <laughs> That's what they'll tell you. <laughs> well, look, I go, by, I go by history. I go by biology. I, I go by how I got here. You know, uh, okay. the oracle uh, – <laughs> the oracle – was was dating my uh, my mother, right? And he kissed her in a shampoo ball as a customer. He should have been brought up on charges, okay? But you folks are lucky that 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 man did that, or you would not be able to imbibe in my genius. So something that had to happen. It had to happen, okay? But uh, nowadays, that may not happen. Hold on. You know, I mean, that. I don't know. What? Hold on. I'm going to interject something <laughs> yeah. now. All right? Sure. Sorry to stop you. Thank like God how some he did that. Like to thank, do. Thank, <laughs> thank, 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 thank the gods. Thank, thank Zeus and Odin and uh, what's, the, what's the panther god, Daryl? Um, Bass. Bass. Thank Bass that, that, he, that he did that. Go ahead. So listen. Go ahead, Doug. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you one Z. You remember when the test two baby thing started coming along? Do you remember the protest oh, yeah. with that? Yeah. You see, that, that's why we got to be careful with this, man. You got to be careful with it. When test two baby biology, though. age now. <laughs> you know, Still biology, age. though. You know, one of my, like about 80, Afro-nerd, something like that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. People were like, it's not natural. There's no way you could do this. You know where you could do that. And that went on for a while. That was really during the analog time. It would have been social media, forget about it. It might have killed it for at least 10 years. So you just got to be a little bit careful with that. That's all. Just food for thought for everyone to think about. Just food for thought. That's all. Back all right. to you after that. Let me play this. Let me play this clip, and then I'm going to open up the lines. Hold it on. It came as a surprise to Charles Moore when his adult child decided to transition into a woman. But being the dad he is, he accepted her. You are who you are, and that's how people are. So this Bronx man is all for a new proposal that would make it easier for New York City birth certificates to be changed for gender identity. It would include male, female, and a new category, X, to reflect a non-binary gender identity. I feel like it's each his own. You know, it's really up to you. City Council Speaker Corey Johnson and Mayor Bill de Blasio are behind the effort. If it passes, transgender New Yorkers will no longer need a letter from a physician or an affidavit to change their gender marker. 
and you shouldn't need a doctor to change your birth certificate to reflect your true self. Right now, if parents of a newborn do not want to identify a sex, they can say the sex of their child is unknown, which has come with its opposition. I just think that, you know, when it comes to official things like this, it should just be one or the other. But officials with the center, a facility that supports the LGBTQ community, says proposals like this only help the city. The more visibility we have with something such as choosing your gender identity on an official piece of paperwork is another opportunity to say, this is who I am. If this passes, the city would join California, Oregon, and Washington in having the third gender category on birth certificates. Hazel Sanchez, CBS 2 News. Now the Board of Health may consider these changes. At All right. Now let me start. Uh, well, hold on. I, I want to say this, and we get, we got to open up the lines because you know we got it. And then you know, just give me a just give me a second. <laughs> First, I got a confession to make, folks. I, in my deepest deepest mind, I don't feel myself. I feel like I want to be Black Thanos. That's how I feel. I want to be Black Thanos, and I want my birth certificate to reflect that. Why can't I have that done? Why can't I have it done? That's how I feel. This is real, too. I feel like I should be Black Thanos or, or the Black Racer with superpowers and all that. I, I just want to I – I feel a certain way. I should, I, should be le- I should have the legal right to be Black Thanos or Black Reed Richards. Black Reed Richards. That's what I want. Everything elongates. Everything elongates. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, go ahead, Chapter. Listen, listen. And we're bringing the callers. Now, Black Thanos. Black see, Thanos. See, see, I don't so much deal with tactical level. I deal with strategic on the worldwide level. I had said years ago on this show, the Muslim world is going to get stronger, and the feminine world on this side will also get stronger. I said that. I went on and on. Everyone, he's crazy, he's this, he's that, yada, yada. I talked about solitonic math and all that stuff. I won't talk about that now. That was long-winded and in-depth. Now, you see in England now, they're saying it's worse than New York. <laughs> and they got a Muslim mayor. Up, 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 up. Now, over here, you see women somewhat, not all the way, hasn't happened all the way yet, getting pushed to the top and also a feminine aspect pulling the male energy from men. Ask Stephen A. Smith, you don't understand what I'm saying. You can't even talk in certain forms now. You understand? Even with what you're saying is legitimate. You see it going a certain way. All right? And it's interesting to watch. It's interesting to see how this menagerie type of experiment takes place. And I did use menagerie too bad. You understand? Because that's where we're headed. So it's us, us right here, the men. We're the ones that have to adapt to this because this is coming. You understand? This is coming. Dial sex, LGBTQ, all, all that all that business, you know, everything you don't like, it's coming. That some of you don't like, some of you don't support, it's coming. We are the ones that's going to have to adapt. That's just what it is. Now, also, to answer Afro-Nerd's country, I mean country, listen to where I am. I'm in a different country. Afro-Nerd's question, which really was a statement. On the right track. Which which is really, <laughs> listen, which really was a statement. It's the country or the state, the laws of the land, that actually decide your reality. That's the that's what it is. That's why it can't be black Thanos. Sure, right ahead, he could put it there, but they're gonna they're gonna say no, we don't do that. You understand? But we do this. So this is coming from the top. That's how this happens. It's top down, not bottom up. 
Back over to you, Raffinert. Before we go to this, before we get to the calls, and I also want the Kenny, you know, we're going to chop this up, uh, and then we go to more important things like Brian Michael Bendis. I must remind yes. the audience, I am your last resort, the last man standing. <laughs> Black Thanos talking. I talk about our friend Q Stormers is always checking me. Be careful, you can't say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking. I talk about. I talk about muscle cars and comic books and, and cocoa buttered oiled painted toes, things like Can't that. Jim Brown. Well, listen, I'm the last man. Black Thanos. Black, you see what he had to do? You see what he had to do? I'm protecting <laughs> yeah, you against Nog. <laughs> Look what I'm doing. <laughs> protecting you against Nog, oiled feet, muscle cars, comic books, the things you like. But I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. Karate fighting. Bruce Lee, all that good stuff. But, hey, you know, it's either me, or me and my country, you're on the right track, me and my country, or you can go <laughs> and, and have your birth certificate changed. Go ahead and have it change your ex. You know, do what you want to do. No more beauty pageants. Can't look at birth. <laughs> no more baby radio Keep Sounds going. like fun. Sounds like fun. On my side, oiled feet, fast cars, a miscellaneous beer or two. But, hey, I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. You know, 3D television, flat screens, leather, te- leather interiors, cornbread, cocoa butter. You don't like me, though. You don't like me. All right. Enough. Last man standing, Black Thanos. Okay, 404. 404. Welcome to the midweek. Tell us who you are, where you're calling from. Uh, Black Thanos speaking. How can I help you? Yeah, this is Naj in Atlanta. What's going on, y'all? Hey, what's up, sir? <laughs> Ain't much, ain't much, man. Uh, yeah, the first story you hit on, I, I work on that one first and get to the second. Uh, look, you know, I'm a cynical dude, so when I look at something like that pageant, I think this is what uh, they're presenting it as, where they're trying to do this moral thing and they're thinking that women have to be presented in a different way. I think it's just, uh, the, you know, the bikini part of this didn't have the same titillation that it used to have a long time ago. People have free access to Internet porn. Uh, the Instagram models that you talked about running on treadmills and all of that. I mean, you can see that in a millisecond. It's not a big deal anymore. So I think since this didn't have the impact it once had, they don't have the same sponsors. They don't have the same ratings. So they go the other way. Now they'll be, they'll have access to different, you know, forms of capital. They'll be able to present themselves as, Hey, we do this for women. This is about empowerment, yada, yada, yada. So I just think we're seeing them sell it in a different way because what they had you know, it's, it's just outdated. The idea that, oh, man, you got to turn on TV because they're having the bikini. Like, it's not a big deal anymore. So I, I just think they lost purchase on that. Uh, the second thing you guys are talking about, Cap uh, hit on a very important point when he said the test tube thing. Like, we're talking about something, in, you know, in the now, and it sounds so crazy, and people get up so upset about it. Reality of it is we're talking about a really, really small portion of the country that would participate in that. This is where we get into that coastal elite argument where you talked about the states where this is actually in play but for the most part most people are not even going to be involved in this and the only way this gains strength is by you know really angry opposition towards it demonstrations and yelling about it and and, and making it into a bigger issue than what it is then they're able to not only get more funding but they're able to present themselves as being you know uh, attacked by society and on the run so I, I think this is more of a don't look, and the majority of your life, 
I don't think most of us within our social circles are going to be meeting people who would even parent in that way or think of parenting in that way. Like, I, I, I look, I, I've had some, you know, women's studies folks and people talk about gender and stuff like that try to hand me my hat a few times in arguments because this is stuff I haven't studied. But, hey, man, you want to do your gender this, gender that? Hey, you, you do that, but you, you're not going to get me emotionally involved in it. You're not going to get me arguing with you over it. Like, nah, bro, it's just not going to happen. Not my interest. <laughs> Look, Nas, as always, man, I appreciate you when you when you come through with with your um you know your viewpoint, and I agree with you. I think I make I think this is a much ado about nothing, but uh it is it is interesting that we do have some parents out here that are clearly you know every once in a while you will hear a news report of parents that say they are they are raising a child to be genderless when you clearly see clearly see it is a male or female child. But the parents want to do new age stuff, and I'm like, this is incredible, because I don't know where the natural inclination. I, I even asked the oracle. I, I had to ask him because I said, was there ever a moment that you had to convince me to 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 get uh to to get model trains and AFX cars and and uh, uh baseball gloves? Like there's certain things that I did that I I didn't have any any thought into it. I just like. I just went towards I went to, when I went to Toys R Us I went to the section where boys went to get stuff. Never once did I decide to go into the Barbie section. Never even crossed my mind. Now I know there are people wrestling, and maybe even back then there were people wrestling with those kind of issues. But for the most part, whatever whatever uh, 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 chromosomes were at work with with yours truly. And thank, thankfully, they worked that way. Uh, I did what I had to do without any thought. I didn't think about any of this stuff. And I, now I feel like people are kind of, kind of meandering or, or molesting—not you know, not molesting, molesting—but they're kind of screwing around with what is normally natural. I think that, I think women, young girls, nasty gravitated towards pretty things. Yes, you have tomboys and so forth. But for the, but let's say eighty-five percent of boys and girls genetically do boys and girls things. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, let's see you see the the point you the, the point you just made, they would try to say, "Oh, well no, you're being indoctrinated to that, so it's normalized." And then you say, "Okay, you're eating your own argument because now you're doing that the other way." So what so what do you mean then? So like I said, man, I I don't invest too much into this conversation on that stuff, man. But like he said, the test tube situation is perfect. The outrage was way more substantive uh, than the actual practice was because it wasn't done that often. And I think that's how, that's how this is going to end up. We're talking about a fringe portion of society. Uh, but if they get the if they get the pushback that they want, <laughs> it'll be like the culture war of the '90s, man. We'll be talking about it every day. Oh, wow. Uh, as, that's Let's always us. Appreciate it. Let's go to Daryl. Darrell, your impressions on this birth, birth certificate thing. What are your thoughts about the birth certificate thing? Well, uh, very fast. Uh, listen, once you get to be 18, you can do whatever you want to do. Do you want to go back and do the birth certificate thing? That's fine. Don't tell me you're going to be doing it when the baby's one, two weeks old and you're already making that decision for them because that's BS. All right? Listen, once they're, once they're of voting age... 
and they want to identify like that, if they got the scratch, they could pay to, to have it go through. You know, same with changing names, same with getting married, same with all of that. I don't have a problem with that. But how is you as a parent going to make that determination for your kid when they're one, two years old to go back and change or even a couple of weeks old or even just giving birth? Nah, sorry. I'm not down with that. So, guys, enjoy the rest of the show. I got a jet. Have fun. Okay. All right. All right. I want to hear his take on uh, Bendis, but <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, you know, on, on Black Titan, Titan with Black Thanos, I have to agree with what uh, the Uncanny is talking about. Uh, I just don't see how the parenting, you know, you have parents in, in now, uh, Captain, parents are putting – their children in in uh in, in heaters or in microwaves. I mean, you know, I would want I would want parents to take a test. I mean, I, I mean, I would want in mar, in the modern era, I would want parents to take a test to become a parent or some kind of licensing, because we see you know parents do all kinds of wacky things. Forget about birth certificates, just raising a human being to be thoughtful and not and not to become the next Hitler. I, I would wish they would have. We have more. We think we have more care for people to become to, to have a license to to become an attorney or a license to to drive a car. And parenting, you could raise someone who can create a bomb that that the next the next hydrogen bomb. I mean, you know, it is what it is, folks. Anyway, once again, this is the midweek in review edition of Afternoon featuring Captain Kirk and, of course, the Uncanny Daryl B. We're going to take a quick musical break. When we come back, there's more to uh, more to discuss. Let's. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, a little bit about. Well, actually, you know, even before we even talk about the Brian Michael Bendis Superman mythology, you know, we we do have some trailers that came out, so I think we should touch on that. Um, the Bumblebee trailer. I don't know what to think about that, but it looks you know it looks cutesy. You know, there's Hollywood at work. Uh, Bumblebee seems to be one of those uh, a spinoff of the Transformer franchise. That's one thing. I think that's going to make some money somehow. That's got a feeling. That and then of course Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We, we we got more of a full trailer. A few months ago we got I guess a little snapshot, which I thought was fine enough for me. I, I got the gist of it. But this time they went a little deeper. They gave you a full trailer for Spider-Man. Uh, Sh- Shameek Moore is doing the voice work on that. So um, we'll talk about it. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I will say I'm intrigued. All right. This is new from Lenny Kravitz, Low, Low. And you might recognize some of the assisting vocals, the backup vocals. That's the late Michael Jackson with this particular jam. Two minutes. Lenny Kravitz. We'll be right back. I'm 
always left out in the rain Is there a chance that we can make it? Just keep it real cause we can't fake it Roker's little boy, Lenny Kravitz, once again, and Al Roker's cousin, also a St. Albans native. I might as, I might as well put that in there as well. Uh, but no one mentions that. that I think that might have been an actual Today program where those two actually kind of discussed the, the fact that they're related. Anyway, uh, that was Low by Lenny Kravitz from the, his latest album, Raise Vibration, Raise Vibration, Lenny Kravitz. All right. Um, 646 people, 915 Again, 646-915-9620. Feel free to buzz in with your questions, protestations, and what have you, whatever you like to talk about um, or disagree with us, that's fine. You can do that by calling the number. Uh, just press 1. If you press 1, that way we know that you actually want to join in. All right, um, before the break, I had mentioned a couple of things that I wanted to kind of uh, bounce around. Um, some trailers. Bumblebee, I didn't believe this thing was actually going to take off or or was was going to be a thing. I'm hearing so many movie proposals that to me sound absurd, but there's a lot of money out here. It, it is amazing that there aren't more wealthy people in this country, considering how we are able to just come up with these multi-million dollar properties, multi-million dollar projects, and they can certainly fail. I don't wish failure for Bumblebee the movie, but you know the, the the VW bug that we all know, the VW anthropomorphic robot slash automobile um, that many of us grew up with as a cartoon, and then later in the um, you know the, the the Michael Bay movies, and now this spinoff. You know, it's kind of cute, cutesy. You know, you see that the hero is hugging Bumblebee in the trailer. Uh, although I will admit this, I will admit this much. I'll admit two things. I will. I would want to see this movie on Netflix. <laughs> when I have absolutely nothing to do, I would want to see this on Netflix. I don't want to spend money to see this. And um, it actually visually looks more. And I've, I've been seeing the comments on this. It visually looks better as because it's a smaller film than the other uh, the other Transformer films because the Transformer films are larger than life and the transformations of the characters are done so quickly and the fighting is so quick that sometimes you miss out on some stuff. This this is this also kind of dovetails into some into some of the superhero films. I think. Unfortunately, I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to defecate on DC forever, but that's a complaint on some of the DC films. That some of the stuff, the, the visual fighting, some of it is so quick, you, you, you don't know what you're looking at. With this trailer for Bumblebee, it looked as if I could see things with the android or with the robot more clearly. Because he is 
diminutive. The character is smaller. It's a smaller film, and it looks it looks like you can see what's going on. Other than that, I'd rather see this on Netflix. I'm just saying. What are your thoughts about this Bumblebee trailer, or do you have any thoughts on it? Well, here's here's the thing. It's coming out December 21st, allegedly, 2018. That was wise. But see, you have the Christmas layover. You have the New Year's layover. And also, let's remember, all the high school kids, they're out of school during that Christmas time. College kids, they're off for like a month, you know. And the younger kids, they're going to be out for the Christmas time. So if this movie flops, you don't got it, man. You, you you have it there to make like $800 million. It's set up for you. Now, based on the captain's empirical evidence, the fathers that I know that have sons, that have sons, because I do stuff like this just to, just to get a roundabout view. It's not all through America. It's not a, all around the world. But it's a lot of times very accurate, believe it or not. It's very accurate. It's like I'm batting 90% with this, and I really shouldn't be. That's probably the same thing the networks do when they come with all of this. Well, we expected to do this. They survey maybe only, you know, 1,000 people. They take that for the whole, you know, <laughs> the whole uh, America. But anyway, the fathers with sons, the first thing their son says, do they got any boys in it? Well, Dad, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see that there's no boys in it. So what's going on right there? You know, what's going on right there? And this has happened with, like, other movies. You know, I've, I've seen it. I've got that response, you know, because that's what I do. I survey. I said, let me see, man. This is for, you know, young people, you know, the demographic. You know, you, you take this here. Well, everyone's into Transformers, but the way they set this movie up, you know, you, you're probably looking at, you know, maybe seven-year-olds to, like, maybe 25-year-olds or something like that. And then the rest of us just go because it's Transformers. You know, so I like to do this from time to time. And so far, I've been like 90% accurate. So that may pull it down some, if that is accurate. But I think this movie should make money, but you have that aspect with it. You have that aspect with it. It's definitely pushing the, the young woman aspect. You have that going on. And I, I believe the, what is she? She sings. She's all the... The female protagonist in this, she's a singer, and she's done a lot of acting also. She's somewhat known from that standpoint. I can't recall her name at this given point, but she's somewhat known. So I think all, the, I think all that helps, but it can go either way. But it should lean towards making money because of when it's coming out. Now, whether or not I want to see it, no. I don't, I don't want to see it at all. I don't have to see it. Even if it's on Netflix, I might not even get around to watching this. This is one of these things I probably would start watching for like 50 minutes and turn it off on Netflix. Yeah, it looks nice. So what? That doesn't that doesn't grab me. When things really look really nice like that, the first thing I do, unless you do something special with it, like Transformers One, something that was special at the time. Then after that, it becomes the same. You know, <clears throat> Avatar. You do something like that. Then it's, then it's great. Also, Pacific Rim, that was great, you know, the first time through. Afterwards, eh, you know, you have to give me something special. 
So that's far as I'm concerned. But other people may feel differently. But it's coming out at the right time. That's the right time. You, you should make money. If you can't make money then with a movie like this, a known franchise, Bumblebee is known, something is wrong. Something is in the air. That's all I'm saying with this. You know? That's all I'm saying. They got the right timeline. That's all I'm saying. But I don't really want to see it. But I will have to see it. You know, because I do reaction videos. Back over to you, Avenard. <laughs> well, 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 look. It's being distributed by Paramount Pictures. And I'm pretty sure they're going to give you a freshly minted 50% discount when you show your updated birth certificate showing X. You'll get you'll <laughs> get some <laughs> You'll you'll get a percentage off. You show that at you show that at the at the person that takes your ticket, and you you'll do fine. They'll let you in. It'll be less for you. You're special, so you'll it'll give you a fifty percent discount once you get an updated birth certificate. Uh, anyway, I'm being, I'm being half facetious, but Haley okay. Steinfeld. Yeah, Stein, that's Stein, the name yeah, I was going to call. Haley Steinfeld is the actress. Uh, John Cena. You know, I mean, as far as like boys needing to be in it. He's a pretty popular wrestler turned actor. You know, maybe he might, you know, I, I would have wanted to see Sana in the Shazam film. And uh, look, we, we, we have to have female heroes. We do. And we, we, and we have them in real life. We, ha- we have them in real time. So why not have them, you know, for this kind of film? But uh, I, like what you said, Captain, some of this comes off like it's, it's a, a Frankenstein experiment as opposed to something that's more natural. It seems like this is just we're, just, we're just going to just go full body karate with all these, any film that would naturally be more male centered. We're just going to flip it without any kind of tailoring or consideration to men and women are different. But now we're being told that they're not different. That's what's happening mm-hmm. right now. This is, this is, this reeks. This reeks of social engineering. So agreed. You know, for for us, us old analog types, we're saved from this. This doesn't have an effect on on us. But for for the more modern nogs, you're you're gonna have problems. I, I I'm looking at LeBron. I see you, LeBron. I see you with your short shorts <laughs> and your weird weird bag. He's got some weird glossy bag. That's not that's not the. Uh, the the uh, the Michael Jordan look that we grew up with this is something different, something different. I can't explain it. It is what it is. The new world order. I'm analog. The captain's analog. It is what it is. All right. Anyway, um, let let let's move forward. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? And also the other trailer that just dropped off. Um, that I I will see. I'm more. That will time in December. We know yep. we're going to do a uh, a review on this one. Spider-Man oh, Into yeah. the Spider-Verse. Columbia Pictures, Sony Pictures, animation. Now, when I first heard that they were going to do an animated Miles Morales film, I thought, hmm, this seems like this is kind of a cop-out. You know, instead of having a live action. But, I, I, you know, I have to confess... I'm actually as as vested and as intrigued in wanting to see this movie, and it seems like Ms. Steinfeld is in this too. <laughs> so these folks are getting hooked in. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, 
doing some vo- voice work on the Spider-Verse film. Shamik Moore, that that young actor, Mahershala, Mahershala, pardon me, Mahershala Ali, who's a beast, Lieb Schreiber, um, Lily Tomlin, veteran iconic actress and comedian. So they have some they have some hev- hev- heavyweights in this thing. Um, I want to see it. I thought I thought it looks great. You know, as far as the the, the animation, I thought that it looks it looks good. It looks it looks like it's it's for this kind of film. What, what are your thoughts about what we've seen since they've gone a little bit deeper into it? Where we we're clearly seeing an adult Peter Parker. Um, there's some stuff going on. What are your What are your well, thoughts? I'm the new in. trailer. I'm diving in on this. From the time I first saw it, I was like. I, I thought pretty much like you, are they they doing a cartoon and everything? And then I saw it, you know, first time through. I said, okay, the look impresses me. So you can get me the first time with the look. If I haven't seen anything exactly done like that, you'll get me the first time. Plus, plus what I saw going on in there, the interactions and everything, it looks like there's something going on also with the story. So, I mean, it's a cartoon, but I'm there for that. I'd rather see that than, <laughs> than Bumblebee any day. I have no problem sitting there to go see this. No problems whatsoever. As long as it doesn't disappoint. If As long as it's okay. You know, if they knock it out the park, that's even better. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm all there. I'm on deck for this. You know, attention. I'm right here. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, to you, just to, to the audience. To the audience, you know, when I mentioned Shamik Moore, you know, Shamik Moore we know as a, as a budding actor. Um, uh, last time I saw him was in the the Get Down, and he was in Dope. So uh, this guy seems to be picking these films that are definitely in our bailiwick. So uh, you know, the fact that he's involved in this thing makes it interesting. As I said, Haley Steinfeld, she seems to be in that same kind of um, same kind of deal. You know, I was I was looking at um, oh man, what's the actor's name? He was on Vlad TV, and he said something out loud <laughs> that uh, you wouldn't think that a person would normally would normally say. I'm looking for the the actor's name. He's definitely in, in our in our circuit. He's a well known well known voice actor. Um, anyway, what he was saying is that the way. The way that the—I mean, you you could see this anyway just by looking at it—but the way that Hollywood works when it comes to actors and actresses, or just actors—I gotta learn—I gotta learn that now. Actors that essentially, you know, you get you get pigeonholed. I mean, we know about typecasting, so hardcore is typecasting, but that's very much a part of Hollywood of the Hollywood paradigm. That if they get you involved in something, they're going to pretty much keep you in those kind of films. So the fact that we see Haley doing the the Bumblebee film, and then uh, uh, Phil Lamar, Phil Lamar finally the ginseng finally kicked in. Phil Lamar was it, it has a couple of clips, new clips on Vlad TV on YouTube, and he was saying that you know we know Phil Lamar as an excellent. I mean he's like the preeminent uh, animation voice actor, and. Uh, I first became aware of him actually as one of the, I guess, the first victim, accidental victim in Pulp Fiction. His role in P- Pulp Fiction, he was the ca- he was the cat that got his uh, his head blown off 
by John Travolta in the back seat, um, some some had thought that well that what you know roles should have been pouring in from that particular iconic role, and he said no. <laughs> he said no. It's hard to, you know. He said normally when you do something and you get notoriety for it in Hollywood, they want you to repeat that ad nauseum. But this it's hard to repeat getting your head blown off. You can't be the guy that just gets his head blown off in every film, although that would be a pretty pretty good running joke. So uh, it's just funny that Haley, I just, just coincidentally, I'm looking at the Bumblebee film, and boom, she's also, and she, actually going to be coming out around the same time. This can't be accidental. This is crazy. Anyway, she, she, I she's made the, a lot of movies looking at her filmography. A lot of stuff she's done. Oh man, yeah, she's uh, yeah. Remember yeah, her from True Grit? That's what the first time I saw. Oh yeah, oh you know what? Yeah, True True Grit. That she was real good. The, that's the 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 um the Redux True Grit. You know the original True Grit, which which was yeah. also a phenomenal movie, kind of sort of a swan song, if I remember correctly, for John Wayne. Uh, that True Grit is a classic. But this, this, the one that came out, um, Steven Spielberg did this one, or ex- executive produced True Grit with Jeff Bridges. And Matt, yeah, Matt Damon, they, they were in there. I, I forgot. Yeah, I remember that because she was quite good in it. Because mm-hmm. once you hear, you know, when you try to tackle a classic, you know, a 310 to Yuma and that kind of stuff, you know, you got to be careful. You know, but uh, I thought that that, that, that True Grit um you know that this this updated version was fairly decent fairly decent so uh yeah she's she's a she's a real actress so i mean look i can't say she's going to get my money for <laughs> she's not going to get my money i just, i don't think so for for bumblebee but she's definitely definitely going to get my money for spider-man spider-verse so i'm i'm down for that so folks if you haven't seen it check out the trailer all right, um, quickly, I, I wanted to talk about, and this is actually uh, upon recommendation from Q-Storm. I believe Q-Storm wanted to ask our, our opinions on, um, I don't know if Captain saw this. I mean, this, this just came out. Um, Man of Steel, Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis, we know to, be, uh, to have been a staple at Marvel Comics. Uh, one could even say that uh, he, as well as a number of comic creators, were instrumental. We know how they their their phenomenal work on the print side, but a lot of their creations or a lot of their takes and spins with the characters, the Marvel characters in print, have a lot to do with what is happening now with this 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 renaissance of superheroes from Marvel's perspective. Uh, in cinema, so Bendis is there. You know, Bendis is responsible for the for the the ultimate line, the ultimate take, ultimate Spider-Man specifically, and a lot of that, you know, ultimate line is 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 in what we see in the cinemas now. You know, the the, the Silver Age comic books, the Bronze Age take of Marvel comic books. When I say Silver Age to the listening audience, I got I don't want to just throw these terms around. Silver Age deals with a specific time when these comics are out, a specific time period, years. So Silver Age, 
essentially deals with the books from the from the mid fifties to the sixties. That's considered the Silver Age. The Silver Age deals with, let's say, Flash, the the, the Flash that we know to be uh, Barry Allen. There have been a number of Flashes, but the Barry Allen Flash, which is the the the, the modern take of the Flash, and uh, all the books coming out coming up after that. Fantastic Four came out in 61, um, uh, Hulk was 62, and so forth. Those are the Silver Age. Bronze Age is, is essentially the 70s. Luke Cage, that was the 70s. Uh, Iron Fist, 70s. Black exploitation, martial arts, all that. So uh, Bendis did his redux for the current millennial modern age. And that's what you're seeing on screen now. That Silver Age stuff might not necessarily translate that well, might not translate that well for cinema. So anyway, uh, he left Marvel to go to D.C., and many people kind of with a side eye, I mean, although it's not uncommon, many of these creators go back and forth between the two, the, the two bigwigs. You know, this, is, this, has been, this has been forever. You know, Jack Kirby created the New Gods for DC, and then at some point, I think it was the New Gods, New Gods first, and then he returned to Marvel for the Eternals. I believe that's how, how, how it went. But they, they, they go back and forth between companies. So to see it in the modern era really isn't all that much, but it, it was it was a a, a a well recorded thing that he moved he switched companies. I think probably it, it was looked at because Marvel is so successful, and he did it right at the point where DC DC's Justice League was popping off, and maybe he thought. DC was going to have this wave, and it's more like a wave goodbye. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but yo, this is crazy. <laughs> I, I don't listen. I, I, I don't. Oh, you're just a Marvel fanboy. I'm so not just a Marvel fanboy. I re, I'm really not. I, I really say this. Out of, I don't. I don't think they understand how deep this well runs. Captain, oh, we got to go back good. a couple of years. A couple of years ago. I cannot be an exclusionary. We cannot be. Let me not let me be respectful and accurate. We cannot be exclusionary Marvel fanboys if the inner sanctum was at Queens our our favorite Queens movie theater at what I don't know what was it, five o'clock in the morning, Captain? Five I think it was, about, it was about, early. It was like five o'clock. Five thirty six, something like that. It was early. And I it was early. I was look. That that's Prince died. Would after somewhere like a year after that or something. And I'm I'm saying this because there are certain things hallmarks in my life that I remember as being depressing. Like my 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 general upbeat mood has forever changed. I think I might have been psychologically scarred as to how bad B versus S was. I think so. No, well. I'm not being hyperbolic because as I think about it, we were buzzing. The, the way this thing was set up, Captain, I don't want to you know, revisit this, but I'm just letting people understand something. Yes, you do. <laughs> Go ahead. But I'm just going to be quick. The way this thing was set up, do you bleed? What? 
I was ready to rock and roll. Five o'clock in the morning. So for someone to say that the crew are Marvel fanboys, they are patently incorrect. It is false. We are comic book aficionados, science fiction aficionados, fantasy aficionados. But we want to see quality product. It just did not happen. I remember I looked at looked around into the film. I said, What are we what is going on? I remember I was like, This is if I I almost felt like I stepped in something. I it was so bad I felt like I smelled something. What is what did I step in step into? So what am I talking about? So anyway, I'm not invested in, 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 in Marvel like that. But they're they're you know, their products they're they're hitting home runs, man. Anyway, Bendis moves over right at the point that I think Justice League was coming out. And I thought I, I thought he thought that he was going in an upward trajectory, maybe. But again, he, he left a winning team. He left the Yankees. You know, I'm just saying. Anyway, so um I did check out Man of Steel number one, Bendis's take. And again, it's the first issue. So it's it's too early to say for sure what's going on. But based on the first issue and also what has been written about where he might want to take this, just like John Byrne, the great um, comic artist and comic creator, John Byrne um, re rejiggered Superman to the point where we see him today. You know, a lot of how a lot of the modern take of Superman and his mythology is is instrumental with Byrne's take. Um, Byrne gave Superman back his parents. He gave him more uh, humanity. You know, he was less robotic. Um, uh, he was he was less godlike. You know, at, at that point, it was there was points early on, even with the Golden Age and silver, especially Silver Age depiction of Superman. There's nothing he couldn't do. But in Burns' take, he would have to exert to do certain things. We saw him as more fallible. It wasn't like he had everything with 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 super as an adjective or as a descriptor for what he what he could do. It wasn't like super breath. Well, he does have super breath, but you know everything super intelligence. You know anything he would do that that normal human being could do. It was super in front of it. He got rid of all of that, and he he took away this whole mad scientist thing with Lex Luthor and gave him uh, a corporate raider thing. He made him more ominous, Lex Luthor. So what I'm seeing with Bendis, where, where there may be controversy, is that now they're making it, he's making it seem, this is based on the first issue, he's making it seem as if Krypton, the, the Krypton, the planet, Krypton, the Krypton, the culture was was more ominous. That that uh, that it wasn't it was not a natural accident or natural occurrence that Krypton exploded. 
and, and making it seem as there was if there were machinations because of a game. Let's say it, this is where it may be problematic. Let let's say that Krypton eons ago was perceived to be this may be hi- hyperbolic, but perceived to be like uh, apocalypse, dark side planet. That's almost how it was described. That we've got to we've got to stop crypt- the Kryptonians because they're going to be a threat to everybody. They made them seem like they had less than honorable intentions. I mean, you know, early on the mythology had Krypton as being this super scientific, you know, not not so warlike planet that they were, uh, you know, high minded you know, scientists. You know, uh, evolve. So now they're making it seem as if, at least at least one, because even the even the, la- the 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 lanterns were in it, not the uh, the guardians, the, the the guardians of the lantern mythology. One of the guardians and a number other of these of these like uh, omnipotent beings. It's like a cadre, uh, a council of omnipotent beings. One of the guardians is is there, and they're all making making a decision. On what should we do about Krypton? Now, this is what's being retconned into Krypton's mythology. So that's what's out there as far as. We'll say that again. I don't know. Just as you said, that might be problematic. But go ahead, continue. It's a problem. Well, yeah, because it's it's coming off. Like first of all, you're changing the tone as to what to what we know about. Kryptonian mythology, I mean, Kryptonian culture, right? Uh, although, to be fair, although, to be fair, and I, I haven't seen all of the Krypton series on sci-fi, which got uh, renewed for season two. But a lot, of what's, a lot of what's happening on Krypton on TV makes them appear not to be that nice. And they do, they do have all these different families, and there's a lot of uh, machinations going on with the, the families, uh, the high-ranking families and the hierarchy, the hierarchical caste system in Krypton. So maybe you know some of this stuff he's tapping into because of what's happening on TV. There's a lot of that going on now, too. That a lot of this stuff, because of the popularity of the movies and of what's happening on TV, the print side of the game... So they so they lessen the confusion. They make this stuff kind of cohesive. So maybe he's going there to to comply with what's happening cinematically. I'm just saying. But that's what I think some people are looking at. But again, this is issue one. But I know I felt a little off by okay now, Krypton and the, the Kryptonians are this this race that has to be dealt with. Kryptonians had uh, a bit of a of a maniacal and colonial aspect to themselves, and that if we don't stop them, if somebody doesn't stop them, they could end up taking over multiple planets, if not the universe. That's that's what they're doing. So uh, you see that the one the one character that's basically making his plea to this council that we have to deal with. Give me, give me the authority to wipe them out. They decline. They decline. This is issue one. 
if they decline, then I'm I'm already just like I I, I thought I you know I was forecasting what happened in upgrade. Well, I'm led to believe that some shenanigans went on with Krypton with it not exploding be, through natural reasons. So if, I don't know why they would go there. Like why why would they why would they because listen the planet explodes and Superman escapes. Kal-El. Infant Kal-El. Right? And also, well, I was going to say Supergirl, but Supergirl, I think, was from Argos. Anyway. So, what, what do you think about this? Like, there's got to be some end game for them to sign didn't explode from from natural reasons. Why would they, why would they have to retcon that? Well, <clears throat> This is one we're going to have to play out, let play out. You know what they always say? You know, they do all of these things just to cause controversy a little bit. But this seems a little bit more in-depth than controversy, though. That's what a lot of people will say. It, it creates interest, and then in turn, you could always switch it back. They do that a lot of times in comic books. But it seems like there's a little bit more than that going on with this. I like what you were saying pertaining to how they're trying to put everything in line, you know, with uh, Krypton, you know, and maybe future movies because that's where the real money is and everything else. I, I like that idea a lot, you know, definitely. But um, I don't know. It's just, it's just too early. It's too early. By the way, Krypton got a real brainiac, not what you see on uh, Supergirl, by the way. That's just by the by. <laughs> yeah, I saw a picture. I, I got to catch up. I got to catch up with Krypton, and a co- a colleague of mine. She had told me she wanted to speak to me about Westworld, and I really couldn't speak with her about it because I- I'm only I think I I stopped at like episode three, and she said that some, no, something happened. And like she said something happened first. that was kind of kind of a flip. She really it's, it's starting to cook a little bit. So you know, look, you I had to bear, I, I I had pleaded with our listenership to really like just to just to uh, muddle through the first season of Westworld. And even I had to admit that there's so much like time movement and, and, and it's just droning on season two. I, I said, okay, I'm going to have to be in a certain mood to, to deal with this. She told me that, you know, something was disclosed that made it like it's starting to pop now. So maybe that's just the way thing. that Westworld works. I mean, let me tell you something. It's not as good as season one, regardless. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it has a moment in there. Let's just say they brought somebody back who wasn't there. <laughs> All right? <laughs> so there you go. All right. All right. You she was, she was begging me. She was begging me. She said, I want to tell you. You want me to tell you? And I said, no. She said, oh, I'm not like that. I, I, I don't mind somebody telling me. I said, well, no, nah, no. Nah, let, me, let me look at it. I was, I was almost wanting, to, wanting her to tell me. But I said, no, no, no. Let me, let, me, let me just look at it. I don't want you telling me anything. So I'll figure out, you know, I'll look at the rest of it. But I'm ba- I'm behind like maybe four episodes. It's too much stuff, man. Humans has returned. It is. Uh, I'm back into Into the Badlands again. I look at I look at Into the Badlands to compensate for what Iron Fist should have been. <laughs> I don't get it. Just get, use that for, use that same fight choreography. We 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 can ignore regrettably. Uh, ignore the Tarzan Tarzan paradigm working itself in with Iron Fist. I'm, I'm trying to ignore that. 
But if 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 they're not going to ignore the Tarzan, the the Tarzan uh, theme in Iron Fist, they should have at least got that choreography tight, and they didn't. So I look at I look at the Into the Badlands for that. Anyway, it's a lot going on right there. So that's something. why I'm, I'm I have to get around something to it. Something needs to be mentioned. Something needs to be sure. mentioned. Bumblebee might have its ass cooked because Aquaman comes out the 21st of December. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Listen I don't know. Laugh, boy. <laughs> Look, we're making assumptions about Iron Man. Iron Man, Iron yeah. Man might be the uh, might be the Polynesian Black Panther. You better hope. They better hope. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I, Aquaman. I'm sorry, Aquaman. Pardon me. Aquaman. Yeah. Now, Aquaman might be the Polynesian. They're hoping. That has, that has a minority spin on it. You have James Wan. Um, uh, who's the actor? <laughs> the actor is playing Aquaman. Why am I forgetting his name? Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Uh, there's a, the, a matter of fact, we talk about Shamik Moore. Uh, the villain that was in that was in uh, Shamik Moore's film. Uh, he's playing Black Manta. So, okay. uh, I, I'm going. Yeah, look, I, I'm wishing about again. I'm, I'm going to check out. I might uh, have issues with. I might have issues with uh, DC, but I'm still going to check out. You know, check out their products. So, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, the gentleman's name I think is Yaya, Yaya, yeah, Yaya Abdul Mateen plays Black Manta, and he was also in The Get Down. Okay. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's move forward a little bit. I'm not going to take a musical break. Um, so definitely pick out Man of Steel, number one, Brian Michael Bendis' DC work. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm going to stick around for a little bit to see where they go with this thing, but, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable with this, with this particular retconning. Anyway, um, I was also asked, I think it was uh, BS from the West Coast, our attorney friend who listens to the show from time to time. Uh, he sent me a, a tweet that at one of our shows at the tail end, we got into this rather um, passionate conversation about Angela Rye. Angela Rye, uh, Counselor Rye, she too is also an attorney. And now, of course, we know her most, most notably as a political correspondent for CNN. And she kind of has a certain demeanor on these shows. I know Q-Storm also weighed in, and we were going back and forth about her intellect. And I'm not saying that she does not have one because, you know, listen, she is an educated woman of color. I, I, you know, I'm not going to uh, take a dump on her. I'm going to be very honest about it. But I, I also feel there's a, there's a slight difference between someone who can kind of regurgitate talking points and, and is so wedded so glued, so wedded to a certain political ideology that you know when they can't kind of get up off of that on an occasion and admit some and admit some things. See, I don't see, I don't see her actually being able to come to conclusions or, or come to something that's that's not like rote. You know, it's not like something that's that's learned or you're just kind of reciting stuff. Um, I like to hear from people that 
I, I, I'm a big supporter of Glenn Lowry, Dr. Lowry, uh, Dr. John McHorder. When those guys talk, they come with such a wealth of knowledge. They come with such a wealth of references. They come with, with uh, not just the data, but they actually pick things apart and they explain. Now, look, I'm listening to their podcast, so I'm not really, you know, she has these sound bites. But on the simple stuff, on the simple stuff, I see on occasion that she seems to, doesn't, she doesn't waver, for, she doesn't waver from her politics. You know, she doesn't, sometimes you have to concede, and you have to concede some stuff. I don't see her doing that. Um, one thing that really turned me off, and I, matter of fact, it turned me off so much, and I brought this up maybe a year and a half ago. There was, an ex- there was an exchange between herself and a comedian, Andrew Schultz. Andrew Schultz is a partner to Charlemagne the God culture. They have a street minstrel spin on stuff. But when Andrew Schultz talks about the hypocrisy of rap music, you know, some of the stuff that has to be checked in, in hip-hop music. And when he when – because he, it's, it's on YouTube. It's, a, it's, it's actually a debate between Andrew Schultz. Now, again, Andrew Schultz, I think, has a BA in something or a BS in something. He's not a lawyer. But we're not talking about, you know, we're talking about a specific subject. So when it came down to a discussion on rap music, she was very dismissive about the minstrel end of the game. Uh, he was using the term gangster rap, and he was using the term gangster changeably with trap music, and she seemed to take umbrage with that. And I'm like, well, why would you do that? You know, who's, who's going that deep? You know, you know uh, I think Chief Keith was brought up into the conversation, as like, and he used the term gangster rapper. And she seemed to think like, well, these guys, that, 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 their, messages aren't that, that their messages aren't that harmful. I said, wait a minute, you're an educated black woman. And you deal and you and you deal with the travails of black people. You deal with some of the issues that that concern black people, socially, economically, and politically. Came down to this trap music thing. She was very kind of lightweight with it. I said, "Oh, okay. I see. You are a political. You you are a a um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're an ideologue. You know you you don't you don't waver." Like, listen, I, I, I consider myself – well, I am a conservative. I'm, I'm a registered Republican, but I don't – I'm not – you know, listen, I can – if someone brings something to me where I have to reevaluate something, I will do that. I see no matter what, she was unwavering. And that, that turned me off. That was the, that was the one thing that, that, that came down where I, I saw that. I, it made me feel uncomfortable, and then I proceeded to keep on seeing her. And, and she doesn't come off of her – she doesn't come off of her politics, like be, being, being rabidly liberal as opposed to someone who can say, okay, I will concede to that. Uh, I agree with you or – you know, I don't, I, that's where you lose me. So again, I don't perceive her in the same vein as some of the, 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 the intellects that I see that can – really spit knowledge and get you to think differently. 
you know, real intellects get you to open your mind. They 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 do dissection. I don't see her in that same that same vein. Anyway, let's go to the phones. To the DMV seven oh three. Welcome to the midweek. Tell us who you are, where you're calling from. My name is Bison for Life. I'm calling from Washington, D.C. Hey, long time no hear from Bison. What's up? Hey, gentlemen. Just want to just chime in. I'm calling to see what's going on. I see you are. How's it going? You haven't changed. Hey, um, Captain Kirk, how you doing? I'm glad you gentlemen finally joined YouTube, man, you know. Uh, hey, hey, I saw that miserable Hampton hoodie you was wearing deeper than I wanted to bomb. Nice shade of food. <laughs> congratulations on going to the next level, all kidding aside. You know, um, one thing I can always say about you two, out of all these blurred shows and podcasts, and you know, I see great things ahead. I think, you know, since the um, what's happened a couple of months ago with um, BandCon, I think you gentlemen have a good lane because that blurred place is a little scattered right now. Yeah. So I think it yep. needs some consistency. And I think I think you guys can provide it. Just, um, you know, just kind of strategize your moves and stay stay true to your morals and um, your your foundation, I think you'll go far. Um, quick, a uh, couple quick things. One, you're doing all that talking, Debert, but if as a ride walk across, it's up to you, brother. You will not look away. You will not turn to I see her in person. I'll leave it there. Um, but yeah, I would know, say I, this. I, I miss her, I man. I, I, I was supposed to see her at Afropunk, and by the time I found out that she was, that she was there, because she had like a podcast booth just to speak to people, um, yeah, I did want to see her. I ain't going to lie. Listen, I never said, you know, uh, Q-Storm checked me and said, well, you can't say someone is beautiful or attractive. He said, you know, when he told me that, uh, you know, have you seen, have you seen any of, her, any of, her, of her, 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 her appearances? And I said, yeah, I've seen her. And I said she's attractive. And then he kind of stopped me. And I said she's attractive. I like looking at her. But it, it, it doesn't hurt that I, I, I'm going to give her her props when she, you know, she knows her stuff. But that being an intellect and knowing your stuff are two different things. But, uh, yeah, I'm well, not afraid to say she's an attractive woman. Hell, yeah. Very attractive. I think and you got to remember, these aren't, these aren't um, columnists. You know, they're going to the highest bidder because I think the way the winds are shifting, I think Joy Reid's going to be um, let go by MSNBC soon because the powers that be are sort of um, – Funking up the water, so uh, I think Miss Rye sort of positioned herself to be the next Negro pundit. And right now, it's not about um, um, consistency, or because she doesn't even write um, columns or anything. She's just a, a media personality, and I'm using that loosely. Um, I think she has some good. All she has is sound bites. I mean, she's good. I've seen her on a couple. Uh, like Breakfast Club or something like that. And, you know, when she's sort of out of character, she's what she is. She's a lawyer with a, a, a an opinion. But right now I think that personality is sort of is going to hinder her. That's only going to take you so far. 
And if she's gonna if she wants some consistency in this business, she's gonna have to either tone it down or, you know, find a venue that can sort of move her to the next level. Sort of like Roland Martin. She's like the female version of Roland Martin. I mean, you know, it's only gonna take you so far. And I'm not a fan of her, but I'm not a uh, I'm not an opponent either. I think we need more voices out there. And I'm going to say this, and I'm sort of I'm moving to another subject with this. Candace Owens has kind of blown that space up right now in regards to black females, <laughs> you know, with political views. And how long that's going to last, I don't know. But I would love to see those two kind of debate, but I know that's never going to happen. Well, you know what, Bison, and this is what really gets me. You know, like, like uh, I thank you for the kind words about the, the channel, and, and trust me, I'm listening, and I appreciate what you say. And, and I do feel like, you know, not to um, you know, to wish harm or wish ill will to the folks from a few months ago. Um, but I, I always felt a certain way. I felt like I had my hands out, and, and with good faith. I've had these folks on the show or I've tried to get them on the show, and I, and I never really felt a, a kind of warmth from them. And uh, I felt like, well, listen, I know I'm not the bad guy, and when that thing blew up, you know, karma is a, karma is a you-know-what. And I always felt, I always felt, you know, I, I, I'm, I, feel, I believe myself to be a fairly nice guy and fair, and I felt like, eh, this is some clickish business going on. This is not what we need. It's not about Africa, it's about the culture. But I thought there was more about the personalities, and that that situation blew up. But so anyway, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try real hard to straighten this situation out, so we can really get it going. I'm I'm about the culture. It's not about Afro nerd. It's about the culture and about the promotion of a different look for Black people. So yes, thank you for that. Anyway, uh, Angela Rye, yeah, what you said about her is is exactly what's going on. I support I support successful Black folks. Um, I support people that know their stuff. The only thing about Angela Ryan is not it's not like I don't like her, but she's just not my cup of tea as far as um somebody that I think helps the helps really. I mean, I like that she's got a gig and that she she's clean cut and this, that and the other. But it's somebody that I'm really like like that's like my person, like my guy or my gal. Like McWater is my type of guy. You know what I mean? But there's a reason why Mc, why McWhorter is in a certain situation. He's, he's successful for what he does as an educator. But as far as a pundit, he's going to give you a balanced kind of thing. It's going to be more thought-provoking, more, more textured. Those folks don't make great pundits. People want to see the fight. They want, they want to see, you know, the battles. They want to see Mortal Kombat. And that's what Angela Rye fulfills. She were, she fulfills that space. <clears throat> but if you like you said, if she's to go further than that, I don't know. I don't know where, where you know she's sassy. She does you know she's getting more into a performance. She's a little too performative for me. Just it, it had, heck, even uh, Doctor Dyson, even though he's a, he's of a certain level, he's like you know, uh, cor- not at Cornell West is kind of falling out of favor. He's kind of taking that spot. But he's like the black intellect. He's the black liberal intellectual. So we all have to go in that direction. But he too, he too is performative. I don't really want to see performative in educators or intellectuals. Not really. I want to see people that get me to think. 
that say, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that makes me think differently. So I, I, we're going to do our pop culture thing. I yearn to be on YouTube and kind of kick my thoughts, but I'm, I would be demonetized. Not everything's about money, but I would be demonetized. Someone's going to tell me I'm offensive. So they, we're not in a place where people admire or look for people to have kind of a, an original idea, an original thought. I'm always thinking. I'm, saying, I'm not saying I'm the smartest guy in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but I do, have, I do have my thoughts, my opinions, and I don't try to be like all the time one way or the other way. I, I, I like to be nuanced on some things. I never see nuance from any of these people. It's always this or that. It's always the combat, you know? One thing I always respected you for is um, there's, some, there's, some, there's some lines you're not going to cross. And one of those is the N-word. There's a few blurb YouTube podcasts who will not will be nameless. These guys look to be millennially in the millennial age range. But they'll be talking about something and, you know, look at those N's there or, you know, wow, man, those N's at Lucasfilm don't know what they're doing. And then, you know, and then another podcast or a video cast, they'll be angry at some something some racist white person would do. And that, that seems to be problematic, and that's one thing I'm, I'm glad you've always drew the line on. And you'll be surprised how widespread this is. And that's when, when you move more into that space and you get more recognition, you won't have to carve a niche for yourself. And, you know, you're you're not near my age, but you're a man of a certain age. Well, what I'm saying is just, just be yourself. Keep that personality you and Captain Kirk have because as you move forward, you're going to be attacked. You're going to be trolled. You're going to be called everything but a child of God from people who look like you. I'm just, I'm just, just be forewarned on this. And, um, but you're going to have fans. You're going to have people behind you. I think, you know, just look around when you start out. You know, see, you know, see who your fans are. Who, you know, who has your back? As we, as we saw in that in that fan con situation, you know, people got their heads blown up, and oh, that, man, that was crazy. a long fall. And people exposed themselves on on social media. I'm like, man, I thought these persons were friends, and you know, that wasn't uh, true. So, you know, I know you, I know, I know, you know, I know you and Cap have a um, a solid footing, and. Um, Good luck as you move to the future. I've kind of opined enough. I just want to just, you know, stick my head in it and congratulate you and um, and wish you well as the Captain Kirk, excuse me, as the Africa Enterprise moves forward. I appreciate it, man. And also look look forward, look out for more locations. Like we're going to, we're going to do some interesting things, um, you know, some historical locations, um, you know, just, just to kind of mix things up. Um, I mean, we have we have an actual plan. For, for expansion, of course, uh, I want to thank you for kind of pushing me toward the Patreon thing, but uh, but we need folks to kind of contribute. I mean, you know, I'm telling folks, listen, if you want X, Y, and Z, you know, it would be helpful if we had an ongoing um, contributors to say, hey, you know, we support you guys, we can get you guys in the studio, we can get you guys to do some more filming, you know, and then we can kind of be on our own. But we need some help to kind of get us forward. We're going to do it anyway, but it wouldn't hurt. I see people are contributing to stuff that's just nonsense like like you just said those, there's people out there with the n-word flying around and it's kind of this lowbrow kind of thing 
not necessarily informative. And, you know, my whole thing is, listen, and I mean this very, very succinctly, there is a lot of people that could be more successful and need to be exposed. Exposure is, is the lack of exposure is not only hurting Africa radio, but just like the whole blurred thing. Uh, I just happened to mention this Kickstarter campaign with this person. I'm going to reach out to him who came up with this book that's that, that simply entitled How to Draw Black People. Now, that seems innocuous, but it's not innocuous because if you've got a blurred movement going on, you've got all these comic books that we're trying to, we're trying to uh, produce and trying to sell, you might want to also focus on drawing black people. There's a whole history of how black people were drawn, and if we're going to get all this blurred thing going on, you have black talent, you have people who are drawing different types of black people and all that. That's a thing. person needs to be supported. That person had $20,000, uh, a successful $20,000 Kickstarter campaign on a book on simply drawing black people. So that's a foundation that has to be talked about. We're going to interview this person. I want people to buy the book. There's stuff going on. You know, there's books. That, all these books, Afua, Afua Richardson, young woman, young woman creative. She's got books. She's got gigs. Um, We've got to support these people. Natasha Womack, there's an overflow of product now. We can't excuse that. You know, and what, what the hell? You know, what the hell? So anyway, um, yeah, so I, I wish the best for Angela Rye. Again, not hard of the eyes. I'll admit that. You know, listen, I'll admit she's fine. But doesn't mean I agree with what she says. Um, and it's funny you mentioned Joy Reid, too, Bison. Yeah, Joy, Joy Reid, to, to, to speak how the folks on the street say, she's going to get washed up, I think. You know, it's only fair, I think. Only, and and I, I don't like or dislike Joy Reid. I mean, I, I admire her scholarship. She's another one that is a, a very well-educated woman. She brought it to Killer Mike. But a week or two weeks later, that karma came right back and bit her on the butt. And this is, the, this is where we're going now. You have people that are being scrutinized. You can't be the person that the minute you point a finger at somebody else, that karma is going to turn right back around and twist that finger right back at you. They got rid of Roseanne for digital comments that she made recently and even a few years before that. They are going through your archives. They went through Joy Reid's archives from so many years ago from a blog when she was a blogger. And she was very, uh, some would say, very... Um, homophobic can't do that you you know now you're in league with with these protected classes you the, the, these are this is this is um you know you 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 got similar objectives now but you you can't call for roseanne's head and i don't want the sister to lose a job i don't really want that to happen listen i i don't know if i said this clearly i was uncomfortable with roseanne losing a job it, so Less about Roseanne, more about 200 people losing their job. And I don't even, I don't even like Roseanne as far as the, the TV show. I didn't like the original one. But people were working. Uh, my fellow Hamptonian was working. Uh, who's the, 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 the comedian? 
No, I, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes had, I mean, not the, you know, she, she's working. You know, I, I like to see a, a fellow Heptonian get some work. And she had to step, exit stage right. So, uh, Captain, what are your thoughts about Joy Reid, perhaps? You know, there's, there's, there's kind of a murmur. Doesn't she have to? I mean, she's hanging on. She's got, she's got uh, black girl magic. The sisters are trying to help her out. I have a problem with that. That's that, that's that ideologue stuff that bothers me. It's like, wait a minute. You're gonna, you, you can't come to her defense if, you, if, she's, if she is under fire for a similar thing that got Roseanne fired. Why, why are we doing that? That's that ideologue stuff that I don't like. We're going we're gonna to support you even despite yourself. All things got to be fair. They got to be fair. And I don't want her to lose a job. I don't. But it looks a little hypocritical. Cap, what are your thoughts about that? Well, normally, when anything, we spoke about this before on the show, when something like racism, <clears throat> whether it's direct or misquoted, and the powers that be shine the light on it for whatever reason, whether they go in the past, you know, or your present, what people normally do when that happens, they distance themselves. So they do, everyone distances themselves from you, and you're on your own. What you're seeing here is a little different case. So from that standpoint, it's a bit interesting. It's a bit interesting from that standpoint. Because that's normally what happens. You say something crazy, everyone's, everyone runs because they feel the hammer or the axe or the guillotine <laughs> or the road is, is going to come down. Yeah, it's going to come down on them via association, self-similarity. It's what people do. What we do That's what we do And it does And it's a legitimate fear Because when that Normally happens People start cleaning up And go who's next Head in the bucket Who's next So that's why people do it. It's a legitimate fear So what you see going on here Is a little bit A little bit different So it's interesting I'm just watching it I'm not getting into Right or wrong You know Because I'm not The decision makers And I'm also not a moralist so I'm just watching This like I'm at a game now Let's see how this is going to play out. That's my perspective towards it, sir. After tell you, this is this is where the conservatives or the Republicans, where they get you, because look, I I have a great deal of disdain for this iteration of the Republican Party. Let me repeat myself: I have a great deal of disdain. Where it, had me, it, it makes me question my affiliation with the party. I will say that I will say that rightfully. You will, say, you will see a lot of people, especially minority Republicans, you see more of uh, Anna, Anna Navarro sounds like a liberal because she is so, so disgusted because we're seeing so much uh, racism and so much uh, passivity toward, you know, toward, toward human decency, you know, that we, we, you know, that we're just – these people are just not – they're – they're so concerned about winning and being right versus being righteous. This is what the Republican Party looks like now under this Trump paradigm. So I'm seeing quite a few folks, Michael Steele and those people. You know, Michael Steele was, was treated reprehensibly. You could say that Michael Steele, as the, the, the uh, president of the RNC at one time, how uh, chairman of the RNC, how he 
he just like he was he was analogous to Obama, you know, uh, to President Obama in in that lane. He turned things around and was the architect to why the Republicans have been have been successful up to this point, and he was kicked out. They bring the man of color to do the heavy lifting, and then once it's done, then they put a white face to take the credit, and and then you're you're even smacked in the, smacked in the behind for your effort. So you have I see that I see it clearly, but you can't be uh you you can't be throwing stones in in a glass house. And this is when when these Republicans catch the liberals. In a similar situation, you can't do that humana humana thing. And what we're seeing is that that if she doesn't lose her job, it's that intersectional thing going on. It's it's math at play. I'm thinking that okay, uh, these gay folk, the gay community, are part of the intersectional movement in the liberal liberal paradigm, and it depends how much they want to push her out the door when now she's on team progressive intersectional team progressive but the 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 hypocrisy is pretty glaring she lied or may be lying we don't know there was so much of a scrambling she did what the republicans are, are, are always told that they're doing that what we do she she when, when this was first brought up she said she was hacked i don't know what it is I don't know what's going on. It's a mystery. All this, all this hullabaloo. It, this, this was crazy. Now we're getting to like this might have really been you. This looks like it was you. <laughs> but you're, but you know what I mean, I mean that's amazing. That I mean, like what like what's often said: left wing, right wing, still the same bird. It is what it is. Yes. Anyway, I don't want to see a loser job. It's another educated professional black woman with knowledge that I like I like you know I'm all about respectability politics. I like looking at clean black people with gigs who are not nogs. She's not a nog but you know got to be fair. Anyway, moving along. Hope she doesn't lose a gig. 12 minutes remaining. I'm not going to go to a, a musical watch the musical habitat, number. That's all. Yeah, well yeah, well look We'll see what happens. That's it. You know, That's we'll see it. what happens. The hypocrisy is 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 screaming. It's screaming. I, I don't know if, if Roseanne should have lost that gig. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not comfortable with 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 her likening, uh, you know, an Oxford trained Ivy League or near Ivy League professional black women as apes by no stretch of the imagination. But 200 people lost their jobs. It is yeah, what it is. Bring back Roseanne? family matters. Bring back family. Yeah, Roseanne, Go ahead. Since she had a, a history of doing this, yes. again, top down, you have to ask ABC why did they even go there? But we know why they went there. We know why they went there. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it is. All right, next topic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quickly, this deal with Trump and the Eagles and the national anthem. Uh, again, this this to me, he he goes into this. I try my my hardest not to talk about President Trump too much because I don't want to get into histrionics. I don't want to I don't want to get into emotions. Um, 
he, he, he's a, just a terrible person. And I, I'm, I'm saying that objectively, not subjectively. There's a, there's a whole litany of – empirically, we see this person is not fit for the, for the job, and we're being told everything is fine. I mean, that's just, that's just where we are. This, this literally is a Charlton Heston. I feel like I'm Charlton Heston. You know, I'm always making I'm always making references to Planet Planet of the Apes and pop culture, and you know Planet of the Apes has uh, Pierre Boulle, Pierre Boulle, Boulle's Monkey Planet, which was uh, uh, turned into a screenplay by Rod Serling, the great Rod Serling of Twilight Zone fame. It was always meant to be a racial allegory, and some folks going back to that, going back to monkey analogies. Uh, many have had issues with Planet of the Apes because of that analogy. Uh, I just thought of this recently. The black folks were not the monkeys in Planet of the Apes. Or it's interchangeable. If you're going to say that the that, if you're going to say that Planet of the Apes was an allegory for race relations, the empowered race were the monkeys, and. Uh, in the case of the Charlton Heston character, he was the black person because when he's when he's speaking eloquently and he's and he's in a cage and he's trying to reason with his captors Afro nerd Afro nerd, I can't hear you. Where'd you go? Or is that me? You can't hear. Let me see the chat room. Well, we got eight minutes left, and I think we lost Afro Nerd. Can you guys hear me out there? Can you hear me? All right, let's do this then, guys, if you can hear me. Four eight four, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh man, all right. Cute all right we seem to have lost Afro Q. Anything you want to talk about? Yeah, it's um, go you, go right in, sir, because we only have a few minutes anyway. So go ahead. Quickly, you were talking about Trump, and I might be risking some. Uh, <laughs> I might be risking a losing a client if they hear this. But uh, I literally just okay, go over I'm, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Okay. Well, we bought Q. Q win. So. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Q. Go ahead. I'll, I'll just keep listening. Okay, I'm, I'll make it real quick. What I was saying was, um, you know, when when Trump disinvites the Philadelphia Eagles, when they were not, they they were not kneeling. You know, they they were that team specifically was standing for the national anthem. So he disinvites a team for for doing the right thing or what he would perceive to be the right thing, because the numbers weren't there for him. And then he gives himself a party anyway. I mean, that's the ultimate definition of a an idiot, 
and be a megalomaniac. And I just got to say this, and I, I want to hear what Q-Storm has to say. Um, I, I might have said this before. This might be me on repeat, but this is something that's in my head. Uh, when you when you saw um, uh, who is who is the the White House correspondent, um, a black woman that that's out there now. Uh, she's been around for April a while. Ryan. April Ryan. April Ryan. April Ryan. Thank you. April Ryan. April Ryan speaks to, to, to Sanders, the press secretary, the White House press secretary, and she just will not answer the question. These these I'm going to just be blunt. These these white folks don't care about you. They never did. I'm not saying not the progressives, not the not the listeners that so that are evolved, educated, progressive white people. I'm talking about crackers. There's a distinction. We have nogs, we have nogs, we have black people. Okay? And you have crackers and you have progressive, educated, evolved, thinking white people. This administration does not have those people. When April Ryan is asking or, or, or for a question, simply saying, hey, is the president aware that these NFL players are kneeling because of police malfeasance, that they're questioning that? She ignores that question and goes on to say, we want – the president is, 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 just wants uh, patriotism and this and he, She doesn't answer the question. I mean this is what's happening. And the, the issue is and has always been and should be for a long time, logically, what was black life like from 1619 to 1964? Weak as blurbs. We can't even, we can't even get our Michael J. Fox on properly. I hope the audience understands what I mean. As a blur, as a person that's into uh, uh, histor- historical fiction, I love historical fiction. We see some of that done, like uh, what is that? Um, timeless works on that, but even timeless falls short because the brother that's on the show, or the brothers that are on the show, when they travel back in time, I mean they they, they act like it's you know it's a, like a minor inconvenience. If they sit my black behind back to 1927, I'm never going to leave that ship. I'm going to pull out my, my laptop that I hopefully, hopefully has Wi-Fi back to 2018, and I'm not getting out there. You finish the mission. I'm staying in here. I'm going to eat me a hamburger. I'm not going outside. I'm not going out. I'm not going to do it. Or maybe I might try to get me, get me uh, action number one if they'll take my money. I might do that. But other than that, Black people can't even go back. We can't even go back in, in time for fantasy. It, this is a referendum on black, black patriotism versus white patriotism. And, and white folks don't – many of them, the, the, the white folks that are unevolved, they act as if the treatment of black people historically is of the same way as white people. There's just, there's just no comparison. That is why people are kneeling, and I can I can scrutinize and have scrutinized the treatment of of, uh, of some of these cases. I can scrutinize some of these these police malfeasance cases. Okay, I'm not even looking at that. I'm looking. I'm not. I'm bypassing the re- that, that reason. I'm saying black folks have a different perspective on patriotism, on, on the promise of this country. If you simply go 1619. 1964, 
What was that like? I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to ask that question to these to these white folks that feel that we're not patriotic. What was that life like for the average black person? What was it like for the average white person? I want an honest answer. And if you come up with a certain slightly different answer, if you come up with the truth, then you will have to admit that's why we're kneeling. I'm not even talking about the police. I'm talking about difference in life. We we never had a discussion. They just don't they don't honor you. They they don't care. They just bypass that reality. Gentlemen, we got under two minutes. What are your thoughts about uh, Q? We got under two minutes. Your thoughts about uh, you're from Philly. Your Eagles won. What's up? Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's censorship. And uh, I, uh, you know, I'm not a Philadelphia native, but uh, I am so glad to live here. Number one, I'm going to say it because the gun laws here aren't ridiculous. And number two, because uh, the Philadelphia mayor, I love how he sunned Trump. I love it. I love his response. Um, the reason I called in, I don't think I have enough time to share, but I'm, I'm just going to say this, and I can talk to you about it on Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. We are not as we are not that far away from fascism as you might think. I just drove yeah, up. I, uh, I just drove up from a, doing a business pitch in D.C. at a government office, and uh, it was very disturbing. Some of the things that uh, we were sub that we were subject to. Very wow. disturbing. Wow, I, you you got to go into that on Sunday. You got me. You have my ears perked up on that one. I'm kind of curious what you're talking about. Well, I, I could tell you very quickly. I don't know how much time. You, I I could tell you one sentence. But before we were allowed to talk about on Sunday. Before we were allowed to do our pitch, we were trying to pitch business to. I'm not going to mention the office because I don't want to get this too far out. But uh, we were told that we had to express. Well, we had to. We had to say something gracious about our current administration before we could start wow. a pitch. All right. Wow. All right. Uh, sun- Sunday. We'll dig in on Deep Sunday. I get it. Sunday. Uh, folks, it's been real. We're going to go out on Watch the Duck. That's the name, of the name of the group. Watch the Duck. There you are. Sunday Q. Appreciate it. Someone that told me that I'll be acting this way.